Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to Beyond the Notion with me, Chloe Ferguson. I'm so ecstatic. I know I always say that about every guest, but I am genuinely ecstatic about this interview because it's somebody who I've wanted on the show for technically 11 months, but he's been busy, I've been busy, and sort of, I know he's always working on different things, and he is one of my good friends, actually, and one of my ex-classmates, and his name is Paul Roberts. So, hi, Paul. Hello, Chloe. So good to hear your voice again. I was saying to Paul on the little catch-up before, like, it's so good to hear uh, just, you know, just when you haven't spoken to someone in so long and sort of memories from our uni course, because Paul studied with me on the songwriting and music production MA. It was the best time, wasn't it, Paul? Was it the best time for you as well? It was absolutely one of the best times ever. Yes, really worth it, yeah. And it's good. I'm gl- Thank you for that, introducing me as your friend. I appreciate that. Yeah, we made a lot of friends on that course. It was well worth it. It really was. I didn't know that was too professional, but I thought I'd rather, I'm, I'm more proud of the fact that you are one of my friends because I'd be like, oh yeah, he's my friend and he wrote that song. <laughs> and it's really nice. <laughs> but um, the song we're going to be doing today, I did, I was quite selective with Paul. Paul loves honesty as I do. And I, I did actually request to talk about one of Paul's previous releases, but I was thrilled to hear another song that he'd written called um, <laughs> Not Looking for Another Girl. That's, that's the title I was going to say, I, I'm not looking for another girl, but uh, this was one that Paul actually wrote, I believe, on one of the first weeks we actually studied together, is that right? It was. It was the first project that we had, and to kick us off, uh, it was suggested that we ghostwrite, so that's take a song that you know and you like for some reason, and then write a song based on that, so that's what this song is based on. And I was unaware the sort of strategy that Paul used because when I did this exercise and a lot of other people, um, going to name drop some people here, people, Meg Borges, Alistair Evans, Steve Powell, when they, and myself, we used just purely the harmony and the chords of the song we were ghost writing from. And um, I took it one step further and I changed, <laughs> I did <laughs> Fairy Tale of Newport, which was, Obviously, fairy tale of uh, New York, but I misunderstood the whole task and what Paul showed me today because he told me the song which he goes wrote it from, and it was just nothing like it. Like I listened to the Simon Garfunkel version, but what you've told me just a few minutes ago was that it was that was actually a version of the original song. Is that right? Do you want to explain to the listeners? Yeah. So the song is based on uh, New England. It's a Billy Bragg song. Um, I preferred the Kirsty McCall version, but the opening line is, I was 21 years when I wrote this song. And that opening line comes from a Simon and Garfunkel song called The Leaves That Are Green. So technically you've, it, it's, but it's all like that song was inspired by the original song, which was New England. So the original song would have been the Simon and Garfunkel one. Okay. Because that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was Yeah, because that was out in the 60s. Right. I, don't know if, yeah. I don't know if Billy Bragg was that particularly interested in like um, replicating it or just discussing the way time moves on, but he just mm-hmm. pinched that first line as far as I can see and shoved it into to New England and then went off on his own way. And then Kirsty McCall then did the cover of the song. Is that right? The cover, yeah. Interesting. You've got so many levels there, guys. Um, <laughs> so I was 21 when I wrote the song. So to bring it back to the song that you wrote, which was heavily inspired by those components, those songs, those lyrics. Because you, when I looked at this, I, I was thinking before when I was out listening to the song that you did, Paul, I was thinking uh, you've really, um, your main element of the ghostwriting was that lyric. I was 21 when I wrote the song, which I found really interesting then you just kind of 
you it was like you carried on from that didn't you and it was I'm younger now but not for long is that also part of the song you, you referenced so the original song was I was 21 years old when I wrote this song I'm 22 now but not oh, for long yeah, so what, what, what he did was he was just he's just commenting on the passing of time and I just twisted it a little bit and then I put that element in that actually um, I'm younger now but not for long so yeah, what I was yeah. what I started to do was mess about with sort, yeah, of, um, sort of playing with it the, yeah. the timing yeah I suppose what I was trying to get across I like that I like that as an opening line because it's it when I was writing the song I felt as if you know, I'm going back in time. I'm reliving those memories. I am actually 21 when I write this song, you know? So it, it, it was that kind of like takes me back a little bit. So that's when it comes around to messing about. If you go through the lyrics, it messes about with the tenses, doesn't it? You know, the tenses are all over the place, past, present and future. Yeah, the lyrics are very nice. I'm just looking at them now. Um, I screenshotted what you sent me. And there's some really nice ones. Uh, I prayed a prayer to a Russian tin. It's time right. to let the end begin. That's a bit of a striking lyric, isn't it? Come on, guys. That's I didn't hear that first time until you sent me the lyrics after I heard it initially. And I thought, I love that so much. So I guess all the rest of the lyrics are all you. You were in that mindset of sort of going back in time, as you said, and you're 21 in that point. Mm. Um, that's that's actually, that's kind of like pinched from the song as well, because um, I think there's a there's a line in it that says, uh, "Wish upon a satellite is wrong to wish on space hardware." I wish, I wish, I wish you care or something like that. That's from the original song. So I just uh, kind of half inched that and said, "You know, wished upon a satellite because shooting stars don't shine that bright." Pray the pet, Russian tin, Russian tin, satellite. It's nice because it's sort of not an ode, but there is a lot of reference to that original song, and I mm-hmm. guess that's what I was going to bring up on this episode is that there's a lot of people like myself I think who are quite paranoid about um I don't even know how to say the term but song referencing I didn't know till university in my undergrad how important song referencing was because it's it's that notion of something has to come from somewhere doesn't it and I I think I'm that paranoid being in uni for so long it was always plagiarism with with essays and I got even in the course we did, there was also times like, oh, we saw you found that on a website and you paraphrased it. <laughs> but when it comes to songs, it's kind of like an unwritten, um, allow, like something that's allowed because you have to come from, so I'm sure there's some churches, you know, I'm a big fan of churches. I think there's some some lyrics they've written um, that I've actually used in mine. So I just think it's so strong. And so like how many would you say of your other songs how many of the songs have you maybe used that technique that we learn of ghostwriting do you do it often as a technique no never but interesting not not deliberately but i think i just come around to the fact that i don't think that i'm particularly original anyway i I question you know i think you're original (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much the notion of originality how can you possibly possibly be original now yeah. with popular music being around for so so many years and so yeah. many only as so many notes on the keyboard so when it comes to like finding that the ultimate riff finding the ultimate chord progression or the ultimate tune, forget it it ain't gonna happen when it comes to finding the lyrics now you can do something with that because that is very personal but the originality comes as far as i can see is doing it your way putting your stamp on it so going back to what you're saying isn't every great artist a thief yeah, there's, there's only so many things. It reminds me, again, sorry to talk about USW, guys, if you guys are bored of hearing this, but it's just fascinating because we covered so much in that course. 
and rightfully so that we should talk about it because you know it, we were there for a purpose and I learned so much especially in uh, or authenticity essay what you just said about something comes from everywhere or something comes from something yeah what did you do your authenticity did you do your essay based on that or was it something completely different just out of curiosity my essay yeah the authenticity no. one because that's a no. good subject to do it on yeah the authenticity authenticity comes from you actually wanting to do something right mm -hmm. it yeah. doesn't actually come from you wanting to create a new core does it it's a combination of things so in your case you look at something from a particular perspective you with your lyrics for example right yeah yeah right you put that then with your voice nobody can replicate your voice nobody's quite got your perspective right and then your combination of musical sounds and rhythms you put all that together you might find that the tune's not particularly different to something that was written a couple of years ago or, or whatever, but nobody's come up with that combination before. That's what grabs you, isn't it? So the authenticity yeah. is not necessarily in the bits, it's in the sum. Yeah, that's fantastic. There's going to be so many things uh, people have to, are going to take from this, which is just why I wanted you, Paul. You're very, um, you help me understand things when it comes to this. And like you said, I, I actually don't ever use the ghost writing method in my songs. Or do I, though? Because it's that thing, isn't it? You said, I mean, I wrote a song. I'll send you it later, actually. It's a song which I've written, which sounds a bit... I, I, I listened to it. I thought, that's just Power of Love by Huey Lewis, Chloe. What's going on? Okay. Great song. But just the, the rhythm, not the chords, but the... Oh, the melody, but the the rhythm and the, the sounds I've used. Again, Logic, you're also a Logic person, aren't you? like most people on the podcast yeah, yes. yeah and and it's sort of like i thought i need to change that because it sounds like they're dun, 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 dun. but i thought don't because that's what makes it to me i've sent it to a few people and i'm sent to my brother and he said that's great keep it absolutely keep it it's got something to it. it's got that very striking synth sound and that i guess is a technical that in terms of instrumentation that could be ghostwriting because i'm essentially it's I've pro that's probably been stuck in my head for 10 years since I heard it, that song. Right. Now, that, yeah. that's an interesting concept. Well, one, you have to realise, and if you do realise that, that what you've got there might be something like somebody else, doesn't mean you can't use it, does it? It just means that you've got to really make that personal to you. And the second thing is inspiration, this kind of thing that, you know, we all come up with something that's original. You've got to be careful. It's not just a corrupted memory of something. Something that you heard is sticking around. It doesn't come quite back the same as when you heard it. It comes back maybe in a form. You think it's original. It's not really, but it doesn't really matter as long as... It's, I think, as long as it's yours and you do something with it. Otherwise, you know, if you just thought that's a nice tune, I'll do it exactly the same as you have heard it. You may as well just do karaoke and covers, which, you know, we don't want to do. No, no, we don't. I don't think we did that once in that year. None of us did, not even for a laugh. But I was going to no. say as well, this brings me to the next portion. And you could tell me, just to keep, I feel bad for Paul, I'm just asking him all sorts because I'm curious to see what <laughs> this, as a podcast, this episode of authenticity and, well, is authenticity a thing? You know, does it exist? And But I was going to say, going back to not looking for another girl, this yeah. is the thing, when I write lyrics first, I might have mentioned this before to my other guests, I find it always just turns into like a Coldplay song or something like that, or it turns into a Britney Spears song from, like you said, stuff that's been rooted. So, for example, with Not Looking For Girl or your other songs, did the melody or slash lyrics come first? Actually, lyrics the whole other thing, isn't it? Did the melody or the chords come first with this song? Right. This was totally different because the exercise was, Get a song, ghostwrite it. So I came up with the song. 
So that song then gave me the lyric. So then I went with the lyric. And once I had the lyrics, I had to come up with the tune. And the tune that I came up with was okay. It's You, you listen to the tune, it ain't, there ain't nothing special about it. And for a whole year or two, there was an actual uh, chorus in there, which is now no longer in in the song itself, because that was the boring bit, but it took me a year and a half to think, oh, and there's something not quite right with this. So that's when that got changed. So the actual song itself is completely different to the way I normally work, which is ghostwrite, get the lyrics, find the tune, it's okay, and then take ages to come up with what I think was the better tune, not, not the ideal tune, not the best tune, but the better of the tunes, uh, and that's where it came from. I'm not one of these... I definitely don't get inspired. I definitely don't think that is fantastic. I don't write the song in five minutes. In fact, I'm lucky if I write a song in five months and I just keep going back and keep chipping away. You are always seem to be working on things to make it better. And these... Yeah, and never producing anything. (laughs) Yeah, which is, it's great. I think it's it's like you're, I didn't get this from you because you seem also quite we did those exercises where we'd have to write something in about half an hour. So to me, it's, oh, you're very capable of doing that. But then you sent me that song the other week about the green man, the, you cross the road when the green yeah. man, that one. And I thought that's, I, I love this, but I, I know this. And it's probably about two years ago, you first started writing it, right? Yeah. That's 2019, yeah. Yeah. something like that. Yeah. So you're, you're a bit of a, I think without putting a label on, you seem a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to your production. Is that fair? Um, or creativity actually as well. That is, that is quite interesting. I am, I actually try to do the actual best that I can, but you've got to know your limitations as well. I suppose that that's that's the problem, yeah. isn't it? So there's that balance between don't throw every, anything out because you think it's a great idea. Do as much as you can, but at what point do you stop? Because you just think I, you know, I'm not a professional artist. I'm not a production engineer. At what point do you think, okay, I can't do any more. That's the way the song goes out. But the lyrics. Now they tax me. I sometimes <laughs> will just stop yeah. and I could be months and I have actually been months on some of those songs, just finding two or three lines of a lyric. Cause the only thing I think that I might have is nothing special when it comes to playing, nothing special when it comes to singing, nothing special when it comes to tune writing. So what I will do then is think, Oh, well, maybe I'll, you know, make a special effort then with the lyrics. Oh, it's like the treat though, isn't it? The lyrics. We were saying this, me and uh, a friend from the course, uh, Meg, we were saying we would meet up sometimes in Cardiff and we would literally spend about three, four hours. We'd talk about even just one portion of a lyric for about an hour with a coffee and then we would be quiet and we'd leave each other alone. And then what do you think of this? And thankfully we were quite similar with our sort of paradoxes, I think. Yeah. Um, um, we try and think, well, so when did you write this song then? Okay, so... I know the answer well, that to that. A, September 2018. Yeah. Arguably. So yeah. That was probably one of the quickest thing, one of the quickest songs that I've ever written because you had to, because you had the deadline to do it. All right. Yeah. But then that didn't mean to say that you just knocked the lyrics up. It, it still meant that, you know, I remember actually practicing it because we had to sing it, practicing it in the car, going to university because I'd only just finished the lyrics. So that was all done in a week. That's the quickest I've ever written the song and then after that then I went back and probably a month or two after that I just took out the bits that I thought were a bit rushed and and the bits that didn't quite fit and then so even even after that I sort of edited it afterwards and I'm I will I will go back and if there's something I'm not quite happy about I will go back and I will change it I know I'm one of those will be criticized for you just need to leave it be 
and get it out there. But at the same time, I also know I think sometimes when the song's finished. And You've I'm, got to be happy with your own work as well, even though other people might arguably say, oh, but I like that version. Like you sent me of this song, you sent me one version a couple of nights ago, then you sent me another one. I think it was last night, improved bass version. <laughs> and I, did, I didn't even realize. <laughs> I didn't even, I was like, is there a difference? And I'm just there listening to different headphones. Like, is there a difference? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's that, but you've got to be happy with it. that's the thing. It sounds like so silly, but this songs, even in, when I did the last 32, my album for uni, people are like, no, leave it, leave it. But I said that I've got to be happy with it because even though it's getting graded and it's for the huge major project, I want to be happy. I want yeah. to be like, get to 70 years old and think, I'm so glad I used that synth, even if I lost the marks. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. but that's, no, that's fair enough. I think, like you said, it's it's what you prefer. And um, Right. And what did they tell yeah. us on the course? Do you want to be drive time? Do you want to be night time? Ooh. And all us artists, we want to be night time, but we want it played at drive time, don't we? That's the problem, isn't it? We want everything to do just that. what we want. Yeah? I don't remember that at all. When was that? Do you want it? It's Rory pop do you want it pop then stick to this formula or oh, do you want to go off and do your own stuff well fine but you get played in the midnight shift yeah and then we all yeah. want to do our own stuff but still get played in drive time so you've got to just come up with that balance and as far as i'm concerned um you know i'm not making a career of this um and i don't really it's it's an interest and a hobby for me so i really do feel as if i could just do whatever i like really yeah, that's the best way. It's the way you're going to enjoy it as well. Yeah. Do it, like you said, as a hobby. And uh, I, I've got a thing as well. One of the things we learned, I think it was from Rory, where, or maybe it was Matt, when the th- the three minutes, I even today with my Huey Lewis song, I, I got to three minutes and I thought, <gasps> but then I thought, carry on, carry on, because it probably won't make the radio, but it might, yeah. it might. I sent to my friends who like four minute songs and I yeah. cut an entire section. I thought, stop thinking about the fact that radio people want to hear it. Obviously they want to get a taste of it before this. They've got no time to listen to four minute songs. They want to hear 30 seconds. Yeah. So you might as well do it more anyway, because when people listen to the full thing, yeah. so I'm glad that you're more like you said, what's the term that the night, night, uh, night drive, night, night time. That's I'm glad like, that you like, go for that. Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't remember yeah. that. It's a good little, anal- good little things, good little tips life hacks I think the gathers so so much to learn in that course um I think especially when you think about it now there's little things we both stuck in our heads um I'm saying that um actually I get bored really quickly these days Uh, so I try to keep all my songs under three minutes so everything I'm doing now I am trying to keep under three minutes but then you see I wouldn't be thinking of releasing Releasing. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I wouldn't be thinking of publishing something like Long Way Down at the End of the Day, which is like four or five verses, mm, just repeat yeah. and slow. You've got to be into the the sentiment yeah, of it. Like yeah. A musical, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't put that up. I just think, oh well, you know, that'd be something that would be on the end of an album, but yeah. which I will never release anyway. So most of my stuff is all about get straight in there, get to the point and get out. <laughs> there we go guys <laughs> get out yeah and i know what you mean i know what you mean that song definitely needs to be listened guys going off track again with songs you don't know but there are some things i think as well that need to be it's a whole other podcast subject but there's certain context to pop music i think that could be another episode we do together in the future because you're a great uh, conversationalist with this paul i love your thoughts um and it's contextual you've really to be honest if you would have sent me that song i would have been like oh it's very pretty but not a chance I would have felt what I felt 
if I hadn't listened to it after like whatever it was, track four, track five, it's like the end of part one is the way I see it. But again, going off track, sorry. Uh, That's a separate episode. (laughs) There's a sneaky way of doing things, isn't it, right? So if you've got really, really poignant lyrics, right, that you think could speak to somebody or spoken to you or really sentimental or really profound or something, right? Don't stick it in a dirge. Stick it in something that people are going to clap their feet to, right? They'll just sing along going, this is absolutely fantastic. And then sometime through that song, they go, what on earth are they talking about? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's another good way maybe of uh, getting people to listen to your lyrics. Or you could just do the, you know, in context, which is this song is about very sad things. So it's a very sad sounding song, you know, whichever way you want to play it really. Definitely, that's the best thing and the worst thing as well when you when it comes to a podcast because there's so many things to talk about, but there's so many angles, there's so much you get in from songwriting and so much you learn from outside, isn't there? And these different things, you're like, oh, that works. And anything goes as well, I think. Right, anything goes. So have you, st- have you worked out yet, even after we've done that course and a couple of years afterwards, have you worked out yet why you still write songs? Oh, so it's such a good question. That's such a good question. Um, I've decided that it really isn't for the benefit of other people. I know that sounds really selfish, but I'm glad because I figured I'm such a unique writer. As you know, Paul, I I got marked down so many times for being a little bit too individual and stuff wasn't making sense maybe. And as much as our our teachers would praise us and other people have as well. And I I submit things to different people. I get a bit like, oh, that lyric didn't work and it was a bit weird. I realised that just going out sometimes to the to a forest or to a cafe, like you you've said it right before, it's it's kind of a hobby, and I don't know why that is. It's sort of like this dopamine thing when I've got a emotion or I want to confront someone. It's just so relieving to put all those thoughts into my like my piano, you know. And I think it's just I, I watched a film with uh, about what's his name, Lowry. He was a, he was an artist from Manchester. And uh, there's a scene where his mom isn't supportive of his work. He's quite an older guy and he's doing these paintings. And his mom at that time, when they were meant to get a business and it was meant to be very non-artistic, his mom says to him, I think it's in like the 40s, why do you do this? You're, you're, you, it's no career. And he said, it's not something I choose to do. It's something which I'm compelled to do. Mm. And I think I've, I might have discussed this. Sorry, guys, if I put this out there. I, I'm, it's just such a big thing that happened to me with that film. I, I was a bit at first like, where is this going? But there's a scene when he got so down himself, he ripped up all the paintings. And I wanted to cry with that because the thought of me or you or all those people on a course throwing away your laptop, Paul, or your your phone mm. and those lyrics. Imagine you feel so down that you can't get that gig on Radio 1 or Glastonbury. That all those thoughts, those feelings, those lessons that you learned from things we've been through, it made me cry just seeing that scene. I was like, mm. I, I can't watch the rest of it because that's his art. And his mom's there saying, what on earth did you do that for? I wasn't supportive and I was being hard on you, but that's your, and that, so I guess to answer your question, I think I'm compelled to not even just share it with other people. I love it when people say, oh, Chloe, that made me a bit upset. And, oh, that synth lead was nice. And, oh, that's funky. But I think it is quite a selfish thing, not in a negative respect, but it's a very insular thing. And I think, sometimes makes me sad like you said Paul I've just been like recently I've been like I'm fed up with this I write one thing and I just want to go out now I'm done I can't bother sitting down I don't want to write a, I don't know where that I don't know where that chord progression goes but it's like Chloe you could just finish such a nice song and that would bring me so much peace so I guess yeah it's it's all um that's why I still do it because 
I think it's an outlet for my many thoughts. You know, you guys know I post a lot on various different social platforms about how I feel. And sometimes it's like, just just put it on your piano. Don't don't tell people on Twitter or whatever. So, so, so I guess we have to be a little bit careful when we call it just a hobby then, because it's not just a hobby. It, really, it's, it? Well, I was going to say, let's turn the question back on you as the guest, Paul. <laughs> why do you keep writing? I'm really curious to know your answer. I feel it won't be too dissimilar from what I've said, but why do you keep writing songs? I don't know. Wow. Yeah. You don't think that it's All right, so that, you know, that's, the fiddle, that's the philosophical outlet. I don't know. But, but it's in you. You you again you're compelled. You're you might not not because you might be feeling emotional, but simply because you might want oh, you know, I'm gonna get on my guitar today. Cause I don't know how you approach your, you know, do you feel like you have something to say before you write, or is it just I'm gonna have a go on the guitar today? Do you know what I don't See, I, I've, um, I've, I, I don't know if I would say to, I don't know when I write a song, if I would be saying, I've got something to say to you. It's almost as if you just want to put thoughts down for yourself. Now, I like music. What's the best thing to do? Write the stuff that you like. That way you're not going to put up with anybody else's rubbish. At least you're going to get something you quite like in the first place. So you've got a tune that you like. And then sometimes putting the thoughts down, it just puts things into perspective, even if nobody else reads them. Yeah. Here's yeah, them. Like you, like you, yeah, you learn something. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, what they say, you you read to know you're not alone. I think that was from. Uh, Ooh, I like that. Oh, that's mm. that's from Shadowlands, that is. I don't know if that's a quote. It's fun to do with C.S. Lewis. I can't remember. You okay. read to know that you're not alone. So, so why do you write songs then? You write, write songs to, to definitely make sure you're not alone? Yeah, that's. Cause it depends what you write about as well. Because if, if I listen to Casey and the Sunshine Band, give it up. That's my go-to when I'm feeling a bit, it's not often I get like, oh, life's so bad. Cause I've, you know, I feel very blessed in my life in general, but that song, there's times when, uh, when I was on the course actually, for example, and I was very poorly with my stomach cause I was going through, uh, it's, it's something I'd, some, I had a health issue at that time, guys, it could have been stress, but sometimes in my little apartment, I was feeling so ill. The, the only thing that would take my mind off the pain was casing the sunshine band. That wasn't like me crying into my earphones. That was me in my little apartment room. This is a tune, you know, you whack up the bass and stuff and it's like, I feel good. So that's another thing, isn't it? It's like a euphoria, like I said, dope, is it, sorry guys, I don't know to pronounce do, dopamine, do, dopamine. You know, it's like if you're having a chocolate bar or you're having a bit of alcohol or you're, you know, if you're in love with someone, it's that endorphin, you know? And that's how I feel when I listen to certain songs, especially indie synth pop like churches it just like it gets me from mm, i don't want to get out of bed to i really want to go out and do a bike ride you know so it's different things there's so many different yeah. and people are there behind now listen to us paul thinking i want to say why i song right well, you know i've got so many answers <laughs> I, I, you know i just think the bottom line is that when it comes down to it analyze it what you want everybody loves a good tune because it just makes you feel better doesn't it yeah and then there's other songs where you really don't and that's what's very interesting some people send me songs and they're like listen to this it's going to make you feel a certain way and i'm like you know what i'm going to be honest with you no the first the first track no not at all i remember playing you my album actually paul and it was hilarious you, you sort of had this um <laughs> it's really funny like i'll cut this bit out but um you the first i don't even remember my songs but the first song was poltergeist oh i remember the first and, one yeah with the door the door <laughs> The door, the creaking door, wasn't there? Really? Oh, that's yeah. sirens. That's sirens. Oh, sirens is it? Sirens. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, you were giving me a rundown of your honest opinion of my album, and you were like, "Track one is brilliant," and you're like, "Track two is really sentimental," and you're like, "Track three, 
weird. (laughs) 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 And I just, I'll never forget that because it is a weird song. I just sort of put it out there just as a last song, but you were very honest. It's nice to, yeah. Do I really sound like that then or what? I didn't want to be racist. Is that racist? And another thing, just while we were going on about it, the sort of whether it's not selfish, but whether songwriting is, we do it for ourselves. I had this conversation with a name dropping again, a great writer, Sully Burgess, who was also on our course, but he did the mm. uh, the production. So Sorry, I think yeah. when we were chatting, there was a one day we were chatting in the studio and um, I had this thing, Sully, do you write songs that you think other people will like or do you write songs that you like? So what do you think about that, Paul? Like, do you write... I I think like what Sully told me was it's quite inevitable. We're going to write something that takes our fancy. You're not going to play if you hate E minor to D minor. Just let's say you've got some bias towards that chord progression. You're not going to write a song in E minor unless it's a task because of uni or something. You're not going to write E minor D minor because you might hate that just that that somber chord progression. So do you write for yourself? Do you think, or would you do it for an audience? Oh, I'd write, I'd write for myself. Yeah. But then it all depends on what your position is. So if you are a songwriter and it is your job to write, you will write anything. That's what makes you a good songwriter, isn't it? You write for whatever genre, you write for whatever mood it is. I, I, so as far as I'm concerned, there is no way that I would want to turn something like this into, shall I say, something to make a living from that I had to do and didn't really like that style. So I've got to write that. So as far as I'm concerned, I only write stuff that I like. Yeah, that's good. That Simple. seems to be that seems to be the because I do talk to independent artists who aren't something like Max Martin or Calvin Harris. You know, they've got to do that. They've got to deliver Coldplay's new album. Me and my brother were talking about it on the weekend, and you can just see that they've got this song there called "My Universe," which is a great song. I love it for oh, classic pop three chords. But you can just tell they're so talented as a band. They've got so much more going for them. But they have to they have to limit themselves because they are one of the supposedly one of the biggest bands on the planet now who are gigging one city per country. So they have to they have to abide to the mainstream gods and keep it simple. But as you say, I don't think I could do that either. That's but I get I don't like that feeling when I'll send someone a song and they'll be like, mm, it's okay, but I prefer this one or I prefer City of Pages. That's I that's the, the most people I've said to me like that's a great song. City of Pages, uh you heard City of Pages? Yeah, that's the one that it's like I wrote that in the I've lockdown. Yes. Sorry, I have, oh. yes, yeah. So it's, um, I don't know, I sometimes think like I want to write more like that because most people in the live streams I did would say, Chloe, like, do that one, do that one. Sirens is my, my second favourite, but do sit your, and I'm thinking like, what is that about that song that people yeah. compared to all my yeah. other songs don't say, mm, but they say, I love that. So I don't know what it is. Yeah. So sometimes I like to think I do want to please my audience because I want to get people saying good stuff and I want to get people enjoying it at a gig if I, if I gig at some point this yeah. year. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to qualify what I just said, because, yes, I do write what I want and I wouldn't write something I didn't want. But there are aspects of the songwriting process that you then conform to, which is keep them short. Yeah. Don't get indulgent. Don't have a massive five minute guitar solo in the middle of it. because Who wants that? That kind of stuff. So you've got one eye or one ear on somebody else listening to it and enjoying it. But essentially the instrumentation in it, the lyrics, the melodies, all that kind of stuff is no, I gotta like that. But when it comes to, you know, verse, chorus, middle eight, how long, intro, all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, you can m- mess about with that and all the various versions of the songs as well. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Like I say, I don't think a particular song is precious. You might have one version that you favor over anything else, but you might have eight different versions of it. You know? so. Yeah. 
that's brilliant yeah wow so much to I don't even know what to call this episode title because there's so many things uh, I got what I wanted because I did want to talk about sort of the things surrounding this song starting off with um I mean we were told to do the ghost writing and I'm sure that you look at that exercise now as in the future because I'm like you I'm, I've actually not used that method since to be honest like I've got a friend who does mixing she's a great she does great production but she says yeah I, I took it from it what was the song she t- it was something like uh, Amory, something very current and she said oh yeah, yeah yeah that's totally her song do you not recognize it and I'm not I'm a bit out of touch with uh, the mainstream so I should be more into it but I'm not and uh, she said oh yeah that's that's just yeah I took her chords and I took a bit the melody and I thought I, I don't know but I just feel that's a bit I, I just don't do that I'm like you I, I write for me you know, mm. so um, I I often wonder actually how much I think you only have to change a song, even a recognised song, slightly, and people stop recognising it. You can get away with quite a lot. That's actually. so. You, you never hear people. Close. You honestly never hear. There's so many songs I hear, and I'm like, oh, that sounds like that, and they say, does it? Like, I didn't hear that, and you know, to the point where they're like, are you, are you okay? It's like when you see someone who looks like a famous person, and you'll say, oh, it looks like that person. They're like, no, it doesn't. That's just my perception of yeah. their features or their their personality. You know, yeah. um, same with songs like you said, and even if they do, it's that thing where to quote you right at the very start, um, music, the excessive, you know, element of music now, it's everywhere, it's everywhere you go. And I saw this, uh, what was it now? I saw this, uh, went to town before and I'm sort of looking at stuff when you flat and I saw this thing saying, what is mu- what is life without music? So, you know, it's going to be in our heads, you know, it's going to be familiar. It's We're going to come from that and brings back all these songs rooted in our head, isn't it? Mm. So. Yeah, what my um my my method my method of production right mm. feel fit fix finish that's the four things when I do when I write the song feel fit fix finish right get the feel get the is that pure is that purely with creative production or is that just from from the time you write it no when you're writing it okay you you write the song you got the idea so not this is not the if you want to write the song what you do is you always the first thing you do when you get up is you have a cup of coffee you come around grab your guitar for the first 20 minutes that's your creative phase right mm. after that then everything becomes just monotonous annoying. you just annoying. Doing yes right so those first 20 minutes there's something there it's something you remember but that's the interesting bit that's what you put the song together from you've got some ideas in your head about what the lyrics are something's that you think that's going to be a good subject so you work on that, and probably I work on that like uh, for a couple of weeks. So then I come up with an acoustic version. Always write on the guitar. I, I I'm a pianist because I did um, you know growing up. I practiced the piano, did all my grades and stuff like that. Picked the guitar up quite late on. Mm. Write all my stuff on a guitar. So that's it. Fiddle about with it until you're ready to go and record and that's when you start the process when you start recording as soon as you put a drum beat behind it you've got to be careful you don't change the whole thing entirely so that's where the feel comes in you've got your idea you've got your lyrics what's the feel going to be next thing is how are you going to come in where are the verse and the chorus going to be that's your fit fit the thing together then you've got to fix it which means that you've got to make the transitions from the verse to the chorus to the middle eight you've got to make them all smooth you've got to get all the bits together and then you finish it off that's all the editing that you do getting the silences, getting the fades in and all that kind of stuff. That's the way you write the song. And so far with the one I've just been talking about, uh, Seven Days of Forever, I've got all that. It's all sorted out. We've got the, the actual structure of the song and it just doesn't sound right. And that's where the problem is then, isn't so it? When annoying. You get the end, it's just like, mm, it's Why? not quite right. Is that make it or break it? My brother always, he's a producer, he used to say, you go back to it the next morning, it's either like, wow, or 
wow, that's terrible. <laughs> Absolutely spot on. You leave it, go back the following morning. Yeah. And the, the, it just jumps out of you. What's wrong with it? You, yeah. you work for a song. You work on a song for a couple of hours in a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is so right about you losing perspective. Mm-hmm. Even if you have a break and then you come back, you could still be working on pretty much what you thought was going to be a good idea. You get up the following day, you've had a break, go back, mm-hmm. listen to it. It jumps out straight at you to say, no. Or, or, or yeah. I'm like you, the majority of the time, it's always, it seems so good at the time. It's like when you have a, a good, you think you have a good idea and then you get to it and you think, what was I thinking? How could I think that was good? But it's it's a very healthy way to do it. Like you said, it jumps out. You've, you've had time to sleep. You've had time to like convert it to the people, come back to it and be like, but that it's, it's like a hard truth though, isn't it? Because you're sort of like, oh my gosh, I spent so many hours on that. Yeah. Like you said though, it could go the opposite way. I had that moment with my new song. I woke up today and I was like, go on, put it on. And I thought, do you know what? It's, oh, it's so skeletal, but I, I feel it. The bass, the drums and the synths, brilliant. I think, and that's the thing, it's keeping it simple as well, I think. Right, and that's it. You go back to it, and if you go back, you think, "Oh, yeah, there's a bit there. There's a groove there. That's worth worth working on." It's also worth working on all those songs that fail, isn't it? Mm. No. Yeah. What is <clears throat> what is life without music? I was 21 when I wrote this song. I'm younger now, but not for long. When I grew up to be a man, I really wasn't who I am. 